0: In my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of small brewing amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my team. Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better balancing running with the rest of their lives. I'm so excited for Whitney Hines. We got here on the show today the founder and creator of themotherrunners.com. She is absolutely fantastic and such a gifted runner as well as someone who's putting out unbelievable content that so many people are fascinated with. And She just does such a great job. Before we get into it, I want to say thank you to PrevineX for sponsoring this episode. I love PrevineX. I absolutely love Joint Health Plus is the one supplement I make sure I take every day. I've been doing it for over a year and a half now, and it's just worked so well for me. Thank you, Previnex. You can go check them out at prevenex.com and use code RUNNER15, say 15% on your first order today. So let's get into it with Whitney Hines. Hello,
1: Whitney, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm just completely honored because you're one of my favorite shows to listen to.
0: Oh, that's really nice of you to say. I'm so excited to chat with you uh, as the person who runs the Mother Runners account um, in various forms on either social media and or on the Internet. You do such a good job. I'm so excited to chat with you uh, in part because you know, we end up talking to and chronicling a lot of the same people. So that's always fun and exciting. You're also a, uh, a really good runner yourself who has also endured certain hurdles and setbacks and things along those lines. But right now, we're basically finishing off the first week or so of the Olympic Trials. I'm sure you've been watching it, as have basically everyone who's listening to this show. And so what what have been some of the events that you've really enjoyed so far?
1: Um, I'm trying to watch, but, you know, kid activities get in the way, so I won't be able to watch the big ones tonight because my daughter's a swim meet. But obviously, Allison Felix and the 400 was pretty amazing because she is a mother runner and it being her fifth Olympics. And it's just hard when you watch races like that to not tear up and just be so inspired. So what about you? What have you enjoyed watching?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, Allison Felix, is she is truly something else. Uh, She's basically like the ageless wonder. At this point, yeah. it's like oh, I know yeah. that she's done. I know it's like the, the whole five Olympic thing, but it's like she was so good so early. You know, like lose sight of like, wait, five Olympics? Is That can that possibly be true? Um, yeah, yeah, it was funny because say in
1: the, they're saying that this is her final one, and I'm like, how can you say that? You, I mean, do you know that
0: for sure? <laughs> and who knows? They might, right? Because they, they interview all of these people ahead of time, but you know, I mean, I guess it's, it's a fair guess. But I'll tell you what, like, I think. Again, I haven't seen every every one yet. Um, I think I try to stay up to date. Being on the East Coast it's helpful because um because they they stick to like West Coast time. I've been able to like watch it after like after the kids go to bed. Not all of them, but like a lot of the broadcasts I'm able to watch um post bedtime, which, which is really helpful in terms of really sitting down and enjoying uh the goings on. That's for sure. I really enjoyed last night. Um both the 1500 and 5000 meter final.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I haven't gotten to watch those yet. I'm going to have to watch them after because, unfortunately, we um, <clears throat> often fall asleep with our kids and are stumbling out at, like, midnight. So <laughs> <laughs> going to have to <laughs> find find some time to catch up um, on those. But, yeah, I've read about them, but I haven't watched them yet.
0: Also, you. I was going to ask that about, like, all right, do you try to, like, you know – basically cut yourself off from all media so that you don't know the result ahead of time or, or can you enjoy them after the fact even knowing what the result is?
1: I can enjoy them after the fact. Um, my husband is not that way. He has to cut himself off. He's, he loves all sports, but especially soccer. And there have been so many times where we're somewhere and somebody will mention something about soccer or he'll get the AP alert on his phone. And it just like completely torpedoes his day. (laughs) He found out who won before he got to actually watch it. So yeah, I'm, I'm not that diehard. I'm, I'm cool to know what happened and then do the deep dive later.
0: Oh, that's funny. I would have thought that soccer would be like a great one for that because (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard anyone in my day to day life discuss professional soccer ever. (laughs) Like I don't think it's ever just I've ever never I've never happened upon a conversation (laughs) casually in a way that would have ever like told me a result uh, of any of any match. Never mind one that I actually cared about.
1: I think like it's happened randomly where we've been out to eat and some you know, person at a table next to us has said something, but usually it's like, you know, the company you keep. And so he has friends who are also into soccer and will text him and be like, Hey, did you see blah, 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 what happened? Or just neighbors who are also into it, who will come over and ask him if he, and he's like, no, I did not want to know. I have not seen it yet. So now he tries to isolate himself as much as possible and send out the bat signal that no, he does not know what happened in the game. And he does not want to know until he actually gets to watch it. So um, I can understand if you are that way, how that is, but I am not that's, that's not me. I'm, I'm cool to, to be let in on, on what happened as, as it's live and then watch it later.
0: Well, I'm excited to learn more about your founding of the Mother Runners and why that became something that, not only that you were interested in doing, but that you wanted to be kind of the, the, the focal point for this because it, um, no, I don't have to say because. Like, I, I'm just interested. Like, it, it really is fascinating. It's, it's amazing how it's grown, uh, and you're just doing such good work. Obviously, it doesn't come into the world fully fleshed out like that. So, I'd love to hear the genesis behind all of it.
1: Oh well, thank you. Um, yeah, it it comes from the fact that being a mom is really hard. Being a dad is really hard. Um, you know, back before being a parent, you could run whenever you wanted, how much you wanted. And it didn't impact other people because you were really just worried about yourself. And then you have these little beings who are dependent on you. Um, And I struggled. Um, And I thought that I was the only one that was having a hard time trying to find time to myself and dealing with the mom guilt because my kids were like super attached to me early on. Um, Now they love, hanging out with their dad. So it's like, see ya, mom, you can go run, you know, 50,000 miles and we're good. But, um, you know, I'd have to like literally pry them off of me screaming and crying and then get just completely panicked phone calls from my husband. That's like, come back. They're hyperventilating. Um, I don't know what to do. So dealing with the mom guilt and dealing with just like the juggling of, Breastfeeding and running and training and like the just the weird stuff that happens to your body during pregnancy, postpartum, um, and then later on when the kids are a little bit older and your schedules are packed um, and trying to find time to train and and like you know I just we talked about briefly about sleep, um, just balancing, taking care of yourself and getting enough sleep, but also trying to fit in so much in an already packed day um, and, you know, running is, can be very demanding and ensuring that you have the recovery time. So just basically I was dealing with all that and thought that it was just me and I was trying to, I was starting to train, I think for a half marathon or something postpartum and I was Googling a bunch of stuff and it wasn't, it was very, either the information wasn't out there or it was very clear that it was written by someone who had not lived it um, and was not helpful at all. And then I started running with other moms and I realized that my problems were not unique and that there was a need for this information to be out there. Um, I'm a former journalist. I was a broadcast journalist and then, um, I do freelance writing now. And so I decided, well, Hey, I can kind of blend these three things that I do that I love doing, um, running, which I've always loved running. I've always had this passion for running since, um, like I was six years old. Um, and then writing, which I've always loved doing and have done for my profession. And then being a mom, which is the most important thing to me and blend them all together into this platform that could hopefully help fellow moms chase their goals. So it's the website. And then I'm partnered with Laura Norris, who is a very, um, established and just incredibly smart, mom in Indiana, who's been coaching for many years and we offer coaching services and, um, yeah, just want to be a resource to help fellow moms because there are just so many, uh, challenges and and barriers to getting out the door. And then it's just kind of a slippery slope. If you don't take that time for yourself then you don't feel good about yourself and you're likely to have, you know, poor, (sighs) habits or unhealthy habits that then are imprinted on your kids. And then if you're not feeling good about yourself, then that can make you cranky and just not the happiest person, which then doesn't, you know, bode well for the rest of the family. So, um, that's, that is my long rambling, uh, Genesis of the mother runners.
0: (laughs) So I have I'd love to hear about some of the things that you read that you're like, oh, this person definitely doesn't know what they're talking about. <laughs> there are certain like kinds of articles or different like, you know, bulleted lists or what have you. Just the different kind of content that you read were like, you know, started to cringe a little bit. And like, oh, boy, oh, boy, did someone need to write something a little bit more incisive here?
1: Yeah, I would say um, stroller running tips was one where it just did not take into um, consideration what it's like to try to entertain a toddler while you're running. Um, And so I was looking for tips to, cause uh, for instance, my daughter, she started walking at a really young age. And so as soon as she started walking, she was done with the stroller, which was really hard because she still also wanted to be with me all the time. And so I was looking for tips on how to keep her entertained and happy in the stroller and while I was running, and there was nothing out there that I could find, um, as well as breastfeeding tips while running. There wasn't a lot out there on how to schedule it, um, how to, yeah, just just kind of navigate the difficulties of – what to do when your baby wakes up because they have some sort of radar every time you're trying to sneak out for an early run and all they want to do is nurse or what do you do when? Because that happened to me all the time. It's like the the go time for moms to run to ensure that they get their run done as early in the morning. But that kept backfiring on me because no matter how quiet I was, she would wake up and she would only want me um, and so how to manage those types of situations or, um, you know, you only have the, the three hour window, how to deal with that, because everything that I was finding was just like, make sure you eat enough and drink enough water and don't wear too tight of a sports bra around after your run. And I was like, I already know that. <laughs> I need to know how to like manage the the difficulties of motherhood and trying to do two, you know, wonderful and difficult things running and be a mom. So. And those were two examples.
0: Right. Yeah. And I can see reading into that and being like, all right, this, I'm not seeing the kind of stuff that's helpful for me, right? And that's, one, that's an observation that I'm sure a lot of people had made, obviously, given the, the success of your site and, and other sites as well. And tell me about the leap of going from, okay, there's a dearth of helpful information here about people like me in similar circumstances, and then making the leap to being like, okay, I'm going to be the one that helps to solve this problem.
1: So I, like I said, I've always loved running and, um, I have always kind of played around with an idea of doing something with it so that it wasn't only really benefiting me. Um, I wanted to, to use this thing that I love to help other people. And so it hit me, um, about two years ago, um, that, that I could, this idea that I could create this website and use my journalistic skills to put this information out there. And so I tried, um, doing it. I work from home with my kids. Um, and I was a PR director, um, pretty much full time plus doing freelance writing. Plus I was trying to qualify for the Olympic trials. Plus I was trying to build this, um, the mother runner's, and it was just a lot. And I finally, um, after some difficult PR clients, actually, I told my husband, I was like, this is just too much. Like, I can't keep doing this. And he told me, he just gave me an out. He's like, "Whitney, you just quit. Just focus on the mother runners. Um, and like, we'll be fine. And so that gave me permission to go after this thing that just, I hold near and dear to my heart that it's just really rewarding. Um, when you hear, you know almost on a daily basis from people that it's helping them that um, you know, I'm not just out here talking to myself and doing something for myself. Like I'm actually able to impact people in a positive way and help them in their daily lives um, do something for themselves that makes them feel good about themselves. So it's been really it's been really rewarding. and I just have so many ideas and, um, places that I want to go as I have more time available as the kids get older. So, um, yeah, it was, I, I know, you know, all about taking the leap and leaving a job to pursue something that you're passionate about, um, related to running. So yeah, I'm, I'm really happy I made the leap and I haven't looked back since.
0: Yeah. I mean, shoot, you're right. I I do know a lot about that and we have similar (laughs) stories. Uh, that's for sure. And when you make the, a leap like that, and I said the universal you, one of the fears that can come attached to it is like, okay, I really enjoy doing this as a hobby, but if I make it my profession, is that going to spoil it? Right. So there's there's that there's that fear a lot of people have of like, all right, now if I'm going to attach like monetary value to this, and maybe it's part of like a revenue stream within our family that is important and needs to be relied upon, how is that going to potentially change? the dynamic I have with this endeavor? Is that something that you were were thinking about or have you know, had to grapple with over time?
1: Um, actually, no, because I am making it fit my current life. I think if I had, I just really enjoy working for myself. So <laughs> like I, I have my own, um, tasks that I want to tackle. And if it doesn't work out, because I don't have the time that day, it's fine, I'll just move it, I find joy in all of it that I'm doing. Um, if there's something that I know, maybe could be. um I don't know if there's something that hey, this could bring in a big chunk of change for you. But it's not something I'm passionate about, or I don't think it's going to be helpful, then I haven't pursued it. So Um, that has not, has not stolen the joy from running whatsoever. If anything, it's just breathed more into it because even uh, before the mother runners, I actually was not tapped into the mother, to the running community on Instagram. I, when I founded the mother runners, I didn't even know that that was like a pretty well coined term. Um, I thought, it, like, I had come up with it until I got on Instagram. So um, now I'm I'm meeting all these amazing people in the, the virtual world um, like you. And um, so it's just been even more inspiring and made it even more rewarding.
0: Hey, everybody. Do you want to save money on your grocery bill? Well, every plate is 25% cheaper than grocery shopping. Try America's Best Value Meal Kit for planning dinners today. I love every plate for a couple of different reasons. First of all, I just love having things in my kitchen especially in my refrigerator that isn't the same old thing that I do every single week. Also getting things that aren't too adventurous that my kids are definitely going to eat. Obviously, you're never going to beat that a thousand with that. But with every plate, my kids have really enjoyed it. And I like the food as well. And it's just not the same stuff every single week, which can get tiring. So you can choose between 17 recipes that change each week, swap proteins and sides for things that you like. So you can switch up your dinner routine however you want. And that's the key thing. It's however you want. There's so many options and it's all great stuff, which is also huge. For me, the difference between this and some of the other uh, services in this genre are, first of all, the price. It's absolutely fantastic. We'll get to it in a second. The kinds of meals that are provided, that they're really good, but not too adventurous, have also been a huge thing for me. And now I've been using these more often now that groceries have kind of gone up and the price for every plate has pretty much stayed the same. So try every plate today is $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code ramblingrunner179 that stands for $1.79 per meal. So get started with every plate like I said for $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code ramblingrunner179 today. That's up to $104 value. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I heard other podcasters who were really into performance and athletics, people like Rich Roll and Tim Ferriss, who used it all the time. And I thought, hey, man, if they're going to use it, then I should too. And I'm so glad that I did. So what's in this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods. Probiotics, adaptogens, all to help you start your day the right way. The special blend of ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your focus, your recovery—literally all the things. I mean, there's too many things for me to list. I actually have to like take a pause during the sentence. Uh, but it's it's legit, and I'm so glad that I use it. I use it basically because I know that. Getting my vitamins and minerals from, from foods is probably the best way to do it. But I usually just don't have the kind of diet and make the kind of food choices that's gonna put myself in the optimum position. And that's why I take Athletic Greens to make sure that I have everything I need because I know I'm probably not getting it from foods because I just don't quite have the, the discipline or the food choices that I need. And Athletic Greens is there to help me out. And I'm so glad that they are. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. Okay, that's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash rambling runner. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash rambling runner to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. Hey guys, I want to take a quick break to talk about my friends over at Four Sigmatic. This coffee company, first of all, I love coffee. I've loved it for a very long time. Okay, so I have a discerning taste and I really enjoy my multiple cups of coffee every day. So the first time I heard about mushroom coffee, I wasn't into it. Just the idea of it. Like, I already love coffee. I don't want to mess with success. But let me tell you, I'm so glad that I tried this stuff six months ago because I have it every single day now, ever since I did try it. And the thing that I love the most is the ground mushroom coffee with lion's mane and chaga. Not only do you get, you know, the caffeine delivery system that all coffee is, but you also get two mushrooms that are extremely good for you. And that's such a big deal, right? So, not only does it help with immunity, but these are powerhouse mushrooms. Chaga is the king of mushrooms, in fact. And these are things that people have been using across the globe for a long time. So, when it comes to, all right, I want to have coffee in the morning, that's a daily staple. Let me ask you this question. Are you going to have coffee that's just about caffeine or do you want to bring something more to the table without sacrificing taste? In fact, this is some of the best tasting coffee that I've ever had. So I think you should give it a try if you haven't done so already. If you already love it, well, hey, I got a way for you to save some extra cash when it comes to buying it. So what you want to do right now, is basically use my code. So go to foursigmatic.com. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C. That's it, foursigmatic.com forward slash rambling runner, okay? And you can also use code rambling runner on the website. Either way, you're going to save 10% on your order. So go today. Go check it out. Because believe me, if you love coffee, you're going to love foursigmatic when you're coming up with things to do or people to chronicle or things that you really want to follow up on, are you t- like really tapped into what your audience is looking for? Or are you diving into things like, all right, this is what I'm interested in. Or when I was at a certain point in my life, this is what I wanted to hear about. Like, how do you kind of divvy up what you want to cover on the site and how and what your audience is thinking about?
1: Uh, I kind of do. I kind of go back and forth. Um I, I, if I hear, if I get a lot of questions about like, say, leakage while running postpartum, um, then, you know, I'll, or stroller reviews. And then obviously I'm like, okay, well, that's something that people were wondering about. So I should probably investigate that and write an article on that. Um, And then other times I'll just, I'll be, dealing with a problem. Um, like recently, now that I'm getting back into running, um, after taking a break, I have realized that my easy pace is not my true easy pace anymore. And that a lot of people struggle with running their true easy, which is like the, where the magic happens biologically. And so personally I was like, well, I want to investigate that and, um, find out why it's important for people to run easy. And so maybe this isn't a problem that people think they're having, but I'm just going to write about it and put it out there because I think it can help people um, running and perform better and stay healthy. Um, and another another was I had to take this unplanned break. And so I decided to write um, an article on the benefits of taking unplanned and planned breaks and an article on how long does it actually take for you to lose your fitness, which um, it can be helpful if you're sitting around thinking that you're just quickly deteriorating when in reality you aren't. So it's kind of it's kind of back and forth and then I also just write general about general topics that are helpful to runners, whether or not you're a mother or female or you know just just pretty general like how to train your gut if you're running a marathon and that sort of stuff too. So I, I cover the gamut.
0: And I love I love the article about, you know, when people discuss how quickly you actually lose fitness It's something that it really is a remarkable topic because it's not nearly as quickly as someone would expect, even though that first run can feel like you're, you know, a giraffe on ice skates a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, it's not <laughs> like the fitness necessarily is gone. You just have of like dive back into it. Um, but it's hard because then you juxtapose it with like, the idea of like, hey, easy runs, you know, stay easy. So, like, I find that, like, all right. I haven't lost a lot of fitness. Everything's going to be fine. But then I ultimately will then, when I'm coming back, start running my easy runs a little too fast because I'm like, all right, like I know I didn't lose a ton of fitness. That's not how it works. So, like, I'm on the right side of that issue. But then I let let myself or I justify, I should say running a little too fast on the easy runs because I'm like, Oh, I didn't lose too much. And like, this happened to me today. It's like, I did like a little mini workout again, nothing serious. Um, but I could tell in the beginning, like, Oh, I think I overcooked myself the past few days on my easy runs. and like, I know better. I talk to people all the time who talk about this. (laughs) I have my own athletes that I talk to about this. And like, you're sitting there on the side of the road. You're like, well, how did I let this happen to me? I'm telling people not to do this all the time, but sometimes like, we just have to live that lesson over and over again sometimes.
1: Oh, exactly. I actually did a post about that a couple of weeks ago about how I could be such a, such a hypocrite because, yeah, I I impart on my athletes as well about staying true to easy and then I go out and I run way too fast. Um, and then my body tells me a couple of days later, you know, my legs feel very fatigued and I'm like, okay, well, that clearly is not easy for me anymore. And um, I've actually kind of walled myself off from the people that they typically run with right now because they're super fit and I'm not where they are right now and so you know it's better for me to just run by myself so that I can I can go at my own pace and stay healthy while I'm in this base building phase so um it takes a while to recalibrate your easy Um, whether or not you're coming back from injury or illness, because I think lots of people, they just have like certain numbers in their head and they're, you know, and they're like, Oh, there's no way I'm going to run that pace. Um, and so they, for a long time, kind of convinced themselves that whatever pace is their easy pace, but really they would be doing a lot more benefit for themselves if they slowed it down on their easy runs and then they are able to run hard on their hard days. So.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Another thing that that, I'd love to hear your opinion on this, but I know for me, it's like definitely something I have to relearn on occasion is when I'm I'm building back up into fitness and kind of getting my mileage back into like the, you know, mid to high 30s or low 40s and introducing uh, workouts again is just understanding that like how hard to push in workouts and making sure like I'm not like completely uh, overcooking it. But you can go, it's so easy to go too hard with the idea of like, all right, first of all, this is fun. I'm enjoying it. I'm doing this to, to push myself. And here I am pushing myself and so on and so forth. But then like you get that drag of like. You feel like you're tired all day, not tired like your bones and muscles are achy, more like I just want to sleep all day, like I want to nap, right? And then like you get that feeling of like just general fatigue that kind of lingers and lingers and lingers. And for me, it's usually a sign of like, all right, your workouts are either you're, you're pushing yourself too hard to meet paces or you you're not recovered enough going into them. And I feel like it's a cycle. Whenever I come back, I always kind of hit that part of the recovery of like, okay. And this is the part where I'm not either I'm gushing too hard on the workouts or I'm not recovered enough going into them because now I want to nap four times a day, you know, no matter what's going on.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's been, that's, we have so many like lessons and eureka moments post injury. And that's one for me. That's a huge one is um, when I tore my hamstring and, 2019, um, in my one ditch chance to, to try to qualify for the trials. And, um, I still like I was just so fatigued and tired and just running so many miles on this injured leg. And I thought like, that was just the way that it was supposed to be at at this level. And you're, you are going to be tired all the time. And no, that's not how it's supposed to be. Like you're supposed to finish your, your long runs, your workouts. Like you could have done one more mile or done one more rep. Um, You're not doing yourself any favors to be put, to be like going to the well every time. Um, and so, and, and another lesson was to really run easy on your easy days. Um, so yeah, there's, there's so much that we learn each time we have these setbacks and that's, you know, this, this buildup, I don't want to set myself up, but I want to say that I've learned so much that I hope to do it a lot better this time. And I know, you know, with running, it's, there's always a chance for injury or setback or whatever that just kind of comes with the territory, but, um, Hopefully, it won't be because I was running too fast or running too much, um, or not sleeping or eating enough. I'm going to try to listen to myself and do the best I can this time.
0: Well, even putting yourself in a position to think about getting an Olympic Trials qualifying time for you breaking three hours in the marathon, which you've done, requires a you know it is a huge amount of athletic ability and being able to really perform for a sustained period of time. So, so kudos to you to even put yourself in that position. From an athletic journey perspective, when did participating in sports and not necessarily just running, when did that become a central part of your life?
1: Um, my Well, thank you. Um, my I started running with my dad when I was six. He always ran the Marine Corps Marathon every year. So he would get me up to go run with him like his last mile or whatever. And um, he started entering me into road races. And so I started competing running at a pretty young age. And then when I started, when I branched out and started playing soccer and basketball, um, I think I typically only made the teams because, um, I was faster than most of the other kids. So I was like the one that they would assign me to the best player on the other team to follow her around and be her defender or whatever. Um, I wasn't the most coordinated person. <laughs> so I ran and I ran throughout high school, but, um, thinking about running in college wasn't even really on my radar. Um, And then, um, but I've always run. I mean, I ran my first marathon, the Marine Corps marathon when I was in college. And um, then after having my kids, I ran into a fellow mother runner who um, has competed in the trials and she had me start running with her and, and then I started being coached by her same coach. And after my first marathon with him, he was like, I think it was, this was 2019. He's like, I think you have a shot at qualifying, um, if you want to. So, um, that's what we did. But unfortunately, uh, I got injured and had to run that marathon with a torn hamstring and then spend most of last year trying to rehab it. So, um, yeah, I hope the best is yet to come. I turned like uh, you and I are similar ages. I turned 40 this summer. So I feel like now is, you know, my window to do it if I'm going to do it. So uh, I just want to see what potential I have um, while I can.
0: (laughs) So going into that marathon where you were running on a hamstring, like it was injured enough to bother you, but not injured enough to necessarily shut it down and and move on to something else. When you were, about to run that marathon, how did you feel in terms of like your race day prep and the expectations you had from like a pacing perspective?
1: So it was pretty, I mean, it was injured. It was rough to be honest. Like I knew it was going to hurt me. And essentially like when my miles were like cresting at around the hundred mile mark per week is when it was torn. And it was, I could was basically just dragging it behind me. Um, and I took a week off at the the peak of my marathon build. Um and I was spending so much time in therapy and so much money and like dragging my kids there. And it was just such a focus. Um, it was the bane of my existence. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I <laughs> it just was not was not a fun experience, but it was like I'm all in and this is my one shot, and uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do this. Um, I tried to think positive and hope that um you know, maybe it would feel okay, but um, I was able to hold it together. So
0: wait, wait, which which marathon was
1: it? This was Indy of 2019.
0: All right, let me ask you a question then, because obviously you're coming down to it, right? The trials were in February 2020. Why did you not just say, all right, you know what? I'm just going to run CIM or Houston instead. Like, I'm going to bag this and move on to it. Again, I'm not asking you, to, I'm not like saying that in a critical way, but obviously like you were hurting. Do you have a lot of stuff going on? What about? What about the injury and that race led you to stay all in as opposed to kind of pushing things down the road a little bit?
1: Um, I thought about that a lot. Um, And I honestly, I think I I didn't think that like an extra four weeks was going to the way I looked at it was that I was going to lose fitness and it wasn't going to be any better because I knew actually I didn't know. Um, I, I just didn't think that that was going to change things that much. And so I just was in, plus I think they were full, um, both, both Houston and CIM. So yeah, no, that's a good question. I think, um, I just really hoped that it, it would go okay. <laughs> and I did like, I did PR and, you know, it was a great experience and I'm going back this fall. Um, so, um, it's a great marathon if anybody's looking to do it, it's nice and flat and convenient and the people there are super nice. Um, so yeah, um, I, I learned, again, I learned a lot in retrospect. I think honestly I was in denial too, like, cause when you have that injury, it's like you said, like you could still run on it. It's not so bad that you can't run, but it's bad enough that you cannot perform the way that you want to, um.
0: So and those and I, those kind of injuries, Whitney. Those those can be tricky. I'm sorry to jump in, but I know so many people have had those kinds of injuries, right? Where it's like it's not like there's a catastrophe that re- like requires you to make like you know huge shifts and changes in your training and your running, right? So you have that awkward moment of like, wait, do I really shut everything down for something I can still run through? Like it, you almost wish it was worse,
1: exactly, so that
0: you'd be like, okay. See, I'm going to surgery and then I will have the surgery timeline and then I will move on as opposed to like this constant day to day. How is it going to feel? And every step being like, oh, did it, do I I'm testing it out like every time you get up off the couch and it feel like how is it feeling right now? How is it feeling right now?
1: That's a, Yeah, exactly. It, it makes it harder. Like I almost wish I mean, it was a partial tear. Like I almost wish it was torn completely because then you had like a pretty, well, I would assume like a more straight trajectory of, okay, you have the surgery, then you have, you know, X amount of months off to to recover. And then you can start easing back into running. And it wasn't like that. And I still was still tried to run after the marathon and then finally I ran a half marathon in early 2020 and I was like this uh, this is not getting any better and then it was like the, the common cycle of I would t- I took 4 months off and then I would try to ease back in and then I would run too too hard and it would feel bad a couple days later it wasn't immediate which also made it very confusing and then I would go right back to not running again and I mean, I peed, I did so much physical therapy and so much strengthening and so much cross training. And then I realized that the cross training was only making it worse. So then I just shut that down and it wasn't. And then I started walking and walking helped the most, actually.
0: All right. So knowing what you know now, if you could go back to September 2019, right? So around the time when everything started to really percolate. What would have you what would you do differently now if you could go back in time?
1: Oh, 100% stop running. Like <laughs> I, I tweaked it in August and it was tight in the belly and I remember talking to my coach and I had a half marathon in September and he was like, "Let's just see how, you know, things go at this half marathon and then that's when I think I strained it and then I think I tore it in that half marathon." And I took a week off, but I I should have and I should have just shut down and started rehabbing it. I should have shut down when I tweaked it in August. Like if an injury, if you feel something and it la- and you're doing all that you're supposed to be doing for it to rehab it and it doesn't get any better in 2 weeks, then I think your body is telling you that you you need to stop. Um, and and take some time. So I that is so I would stop running and then I would see a specialist right away whether that be a physical therapist, or I had a similar situation with um, this weird lung inflammation that I had this, this year, where again, it was very like vague where, you know, I wasn't sure if running was making it worse or not. So I kept trying to run. And I just saw like a general physician, I didn't see a lung specialist. And it wasn't until I saw the lung specialist that things started to get better. So the, the, that is 100% what I would do um, if, when and if this happens again.
0: And considering what you're doing with mother runners and leading up to the trials, there was a huge and we did it on this show, Lord knows, a huge emphasis in chronicling dedicated amateur runners who are going after the, the the trial standard. Really, because that was you know a really good story. It was like a really cool mix of elite running with kind of everyday lifestyle that a lot of people really aspire to. What was it like for you as someone who not only you know went out of their way to to cover those sorts of folks, but considering that you were trying to actually be one yourself.
1: Um, I love that's, that's how I started listening to you as your, your road to the trials, um, podcast. I loved it and it was so inspiring. Um, I, yeah, I gleaned a lot from what other people were doing, um, to help myself, um, and, and just kind of managing schedules and recovering and, um, what and, and most important is the mental aspect, because um, I think the big, my biggest weakness coming in was that I didn't think that I was capable of doing it. Which I know a lot of people struggle with that. And so I loved your interviews with with people, and then the that were on their road to the trials, and same um, to the to the folks that I've spoken with on how they they really work on themselves and really work on believing in themselves. Because if you don't believe in yourself, then it's just not, it's not going to happen. And so that's, I would say that that was probably the most important component um, from my interviews and then from listening to
0: yours. Yeah. And it's hard to believe in ourselves sometimes when we're on the shelf, (laughs) we're coming back from injury. We just tried to do something. It didn't work. And we can see the light in other people and how it worked out well for them. And sometimes it can just be hard to then sort of transpose it onto our own lives, especially when we're in, when we're kind of, we all bummed out because things don't happen to be working for us at that time.
1: I think too, um, like it helps. I, I connected with a lot of people when I chronicled my own um, struggle with injury. Cause it, I mean, it was a long journey and I think it helps when other people are open about it, like, you know, you've talked about your injury and your road back. And I loved listening to your interview with Kira D'Amato and how honest she is. Um, cause it's great to see people doing well, but then sometimes that ca- when you're struggling, you kind of count yourself out. Like, well, you know, I have all these issues, but just knowing that everybody, especially runners have injuries and have issues and it's never a straight path forward, um, for anyone. And so I think that's just like another area that we can all connect and support one another. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, that's, and that's for like the general running community. And then I, as a mother runner, I wanted to shine a light on the struggles that just particular mothers and runners have as far as like, trying to balance time or sleep or recovery or um, just, you know, not feeling like they have the energy to run because they're just completely drained by life and letting fellow mother runners know that that problem is not unique. Other people have struggled with it. Here's how they were able to overcome these challenges or, hey, if you just, if you're too tired and you don't feel like running or it's just not possible, it's okay. Tomorrow's a new day.
0: Yeah. And I'd love to get your insight on just the seasonal nature of when people can like, you know, really go after these goals and other times when um, it just isn't in the cards for them and, and, and how they manage that. Cause I can see how some people would be like, all right, like right now I'm pregnant. Like, i'm not I'm not going to be I'm not going after a marathon PR right now, right This is just not what I'm doing. There are other times in your life where, hey, the stars seem to align. all right, let's get out of the training, we get a nice little nice little block of training for a few months and really try to make it happen. And oftentimes there's that middle zone where I have some time to run, not a lot. It's hard to predict the times. um maybe I just I just can't fully dedicate myself. So what do I do then? Like when you're talking to either people you're coaching or just folks that you're chronicling, uh, what they do as runners, what have you learned about that middle period where there isn't this, you know, completely proactive, I'm going after a goal moment, nor is there an obvious like, okay, I need to really dial it back because I have X, Y, Z. And they're kind of stuck in the middle without a lot of direction moving forward.
1: Well, you know, that's that's a wonderful opportunity to to. Base build and consistency in running is the most important thing. So if you aren't out there doing speed work, but you're still running easy, I mean, that's still going to help you in the future. And sometimes running, you know, running serves so many different purposes. I mean, it helps us in so many different ways. And sometimes we just need it for therapy. Sometimes we don't need the the added pressure, if we put pressure on ourselves when we're training for a race or trying to reach a goal. Um, sometimes we just need it to get out there and do the mindless miles so that we can be ready for the day. Um, so we, Laura and I encourage, we, we meet people where they are and if that's where they want to be and they have time constraints, like that's okay. And we'll, we'll make the most of that so that it can, you know, set you up to, to be better in the other areas of your life, and then also down the road. And um, I just wanted to say that your point about it being a season is so important. Um, It's, I mean, it's important when you look at anything in life, but especially with parenting and with running, that you may be um, home with a toddler and an infant and feel like you can't get out the door and it's so, so hard and you feel like it's never going to end and that's just going to be your life. But no, you will get more time. Things will balance out. Um, you, you will have energy and feel ready to tackle a race one day that everything is just in stages. Um, and so I think knowing that it's not forever can really help. I mean, you can't predict the future. You don't know. Um what kind of runner you're going to be or how running's gonna serve you in the future, but if you can get out there and and do the best you can and um run a few days a week and and just keep keep the momentum going, that will help you in the long run so that you can do whatever it is that you feel um inspired to do in the future
0: and what are some of the ways that you have found um that runners can you know Feel supported in their endeavors, no matter how things are progressing, right? Like because you talk to a lot of folks who um, have either gotten to a certain, just like myself, who have kind of reached a certain point, maybe they had a PR, maybe they've had this this um, really exciting circumstance, but they've all we've all gone through periods of our life where it's not going great and it can be easy to be like why am I doing this right now or why am I what why am I like you know not only just the, the physical energy of trying to get out there but it's the mental and emotional thing of like hey now I'm thinking about this activity that's supposed to bring me joy and it's like making me miserable because I can't do it so what are some things that you've learned over time through others and through yourself that can help support someone as they're going through that journey that it's you know not in the moment feeling that great, but you know that ultimately if they stick with it, it's going to be worth their time.
1: Well, if they're, if they're completely miserable running or not being able to run, um, I mean, either if you're miserable running, then you probably need to take a mental break. Um, if you're miserable because it's so hard for you to get out the door, then we would problem solve um, different solutions to how to make that time. Um, cause it could be that you, you run early in the morning or you get childcare or, um, you know, you, you alternate with your husband, um, teamwork does make the dream work when it comes to trying to run when you're a parent, um, and, and, working with your partner and, um, making sure that you have like a good set schedule so that you each get your time. Um, and if it's just, too mentally exhausting you know we're here to help you come up with a plan but um again just like you said reminding people that it's a stage of life and it's not always going to be so hard
0: all right so what are you excited about now you're working on so many different things you have had this little up and down uh, part of your running career over the past year and a half what what gets you going right now what goals are you going after
1: well yeah it's so funny it was like i founded the mother runners and then I got injured about a month later, so I feel like I've been kind of a Debbie Downer um, here and there throughout um, the whole mother runner's uh, lifetime, So, but now I'm back um, three weeks into running again, and it's wonderful, and I love it, and so I'm focused on trying to qualify for the trials in the marathon Um, over the next few years. I know it may take me some time to chip away. Uh, I'm in it for the long haul. Um, and I would also, I think it'd be super fun to try to break five minutes in the mile as well. And I, as I mentioned, I turned 40 this summer. So I think it would be really cool to do that when I'm 40 years old. Um, cause I've actually never raced the mile. I was a 400 runner in high school. And so, um, yeah, I think that would be really fun. So that's what I'm, I'm looking forward to and just racing again. Cause I just feel like the past two years have just been this long cycle of fits and starts and, Hey, I'm, I'm back running. Oh, no, I'm not just kidding. I'm injured again or still having pleurisy again. So I'm just really excited to be running. I just, it's so important for my mental health. I'm just like a way better person when I'm out there running. So I think everybody in my life is happy about that.
0: So have you made the step to put a race on your calendar yet?
1: Oh, yes. I am signed up for Indy, and um, I got the Elite entry last week. I didn't even think to, to apply as an Elite, and then a friend brought it up that um, I might be able to qualify for that. So um, yeah, so I'm, I'm doing Indy, and um, that's all I have on the calendar right now and just focusing
0: on easy miles right now, just
1: listening to your podcast and shuffling my feet.
0: Uh, well, I'm so excited for you to head back to Indy. Um, any plans to, obviously, there's nothing on the schedule you just mentioned, but do you plan on racing before then? I know it's been a long time for a lot of us since we've towed the line. And, and I actually have a podcast coming out uh, on Friday with Sarah Bishop talking about this exact topic of, like, racing and what to do and how to approach it considering the last uh, year, year and a half where not many people did any racing. So how are you approaching that topic?
1: Oh well, I can't wait to listen to that. Um, yeah, I will hopefully do. I usually do like a tune-up half marathon before, and uh, hopefully I'll do some local like five k races and stuff like that. So um, yeah, but nothing nothing on the schedule right now. Just focusing on getting back and staying healthy. So um, yeah, I mean it's been so long <laughs> since I've raced or anybody's raced. So. Um, I'm sure. I don't know. I feel like it. You know, it'll be the same, but people will just be even happier to be there.
0: There you go. All right, so if people want to learn more about what you're doing, where should they go?
1: Uh, they can follow me on Instagram at the mother runners and also head over to my website, themotherrunners.com.
0: Fantastic. All right, thank you so much, Whitney.
1: Thank you so much, Matt. This was so fun.
0: Whitney, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was an absolute blast. Go make sure you check out themotherrunners.com. It's fantastic, as is her Instagram, which has a lot of the same content, and she's out there all the time doing some really cool stuff. In fact, she celebrated her two-year anniversary of The Mother Runner's Today, I just saw that right before I recorded this intro and outro, which is really exciting. So, Whitney, congratulations. Thank you for everything you're doing for runners across the globe in this running community. You are certainly doing some awesome, awesome stuff. So, thank you so much for listening, and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of InPost Media. Thank you to Meta p for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Yeah